Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, how you doing? Welcome to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It is like the 20th of June, like 2019. I'd say spring is almost over, but it's oh, it's over tomorrow, so summer's almost done. <laughs> this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. It's going to be an incredible show today. Uh, tons and tons of stuff mm-hmm. happened in the news. We might be experiencing an algorithm update as we speak. Mm-hmm. And the incredible Olga Andrieko, head of global marketing from SEM Rush, is going to be joining us for the uh, for the majority of the show. But before we get to Olga, Olga Andrieko, Dave, what a week! Oh my God! I, I know, I know. I was looking back through uh, through the stories. What are we going to talk about? I know we don't have that much time. And I got back like to the 18th, and I was like, well, I can't go back further than that because like I've got we've got so much news just in the last like 24 hours. And it's like, well, there's a show. <laughs> So, all right, let's jump in and, and talk about what's uh, what's going on, because you're right, we have an exciting guest, Unfortunately, she's incredibly knowledgeable, so, you know, if we want to talk about some of what's going on, we can grab her, too, but specifically, I'm going to talk to her about, uh, sorry, go ahead. You give Olga the news list and talk about the Raptors, how's that? <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, that was super exciting, that was super exciting, um, and, and I, I, I'm Congratulations on getting over your hangover. That's fantastic. <laughs> million and a half, two million people in Toronto streets on uh, on Monday. Yeah, and only two shootings. Like, wow, for 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 Toronto, that's like a record. Um, okay, are we seeing a new algorithm update? Is um is Google correcting a core update and introducing a new update, or just screwing around with something? Uh, what do you think? If I had to go gut instinct, I didn't see much movement again, but I, I do know sites that have because I, you know, obviously monitor more sites. And here's what I'm predicting is happening. I didn't see a lot of movements on the site I controlled during the core. And then all of a sudden, a bunch of sites are seeing some movement. And and I'm not, again, <laughs> with the sites that I'm actually working on. I'm like, I have to think that if they did a core, a bunch of things changed. And as happens, it's a major update, right? It's a core update okay, time to tinker and fix the things that inadvertently went wrong or, you know, where something wasn't valued as much as it should have been in the in it, something might have lost it, should have, right? Like, you know, sort of tweaking. That's what I'm kind of guessing that we're seeing just based on my own, and this is completely anecdotal. <laughs> so, uh, but just based on, okay, what I'm seeing where our clients aren't moving, some of their competitors are, because of course I'm, I'm monitoring them. And there was a bit of correlation between who rose or fell during the update and because some of them surprise you right where you're like really that one went down because they're really good <laughs> like even i'm competitors oh yeah they're good they're one of the ones i'm like i look at and go oh okay you're doing a good job there um so you know sort of some of them bouncing back and stuff so it, it's it's really anecdotal and not based on any large-scale data but it's kind of what my instinct is telling me based on what i'm seeing there is it's just some, some tweaking to sort of fix or improve upon um, some of their core update, but who knows for sure. How about My you? Same thing. Um, uh, just, and this is based on the stuff I'm reading in uh, Webmaster World. Um, now, I got a theory. If, if you're a uh, down-the-line SEO, you, 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 you're like, don't got any weird, dodgy link strategies, and you've been as pure as the, uh, as the um, fresh-driven snow, like, core updates probably are meaningless to you. Um, if there's any weird encumbrance on your domain or like 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 uh, some behavior that you or some link partner somewhere down the line has had, a core update might might impact you. It's really hard to tell. Right. Um, but a lot of SEOs that we talk to, they look well, nothing's happened, right? Yeah. I'm reading about a lot of recovery in Webmaster World um, for for sites that did get hit though, and a lot of these were um, sites that like have health offers or stuff. Um, they have a lot of good information. It's actually smart information, but are they like dodgy sites or, you know, um, some, some of them like sell, have ads for like colloidal silver and that stuff that turns you Smurf blue um, or whatever, right? Like they make dubious health claims. Right. But they, some of them saw a recovery. 
um, at, from after the uh, the original June um, 2019, the uh, Sea Shellfish update. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think it feels like a bit of tweaking. Yeah, yeah, and good. I mean, that that absolutely makes sense. There's always going to be things caught, like a, like unexpected sort of impacts of a major update like that. I understand this is a, a pretty complex system, you know. <laughs> um, so, you know, it, it's expected. Good to see that they're on it, and that we're not dealing with, like, penguiny kind of things, right? We're not dealing with, like, almost a couple of years. It's like, oh, okay, something didn't go quite right. Let's get in there and fix it. Um, they're getting way better at that. So um, okay. I'm happy to see it. I don't know if this is a good segue or not, but we're going with it because I couldn't think of anything better. But you know what the big problem with tweakers is? <laughs> <laughs> they steal stuff, you see. Um, <laughs> and Google this week was accused of stealing song lyrics um, yeah. from uh, from Genius Lyrics. Yeah. And, they, did, they hit like a, a message in Morse code um, in, the, in, in their lyrics, and that's how they say they caught Google doing it. Yep. Yeah, and it's, it's smart. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a good way to catch them. So, but Google, of course, pulls the hey, it wasn't us. It was our third party guys. Boy, aren't they bad. And then they get into this whole big investigation of how it happens. And it reminds me that these are song lyrics. Like, how do you copy? How do you steal somebody's copied song, song lyrics? Well, that's and, and, you know, at the end of the day, that's what this boils down to. So, top level stuff, okay, Lyric Find had published this, Google had scraped it, but then it turned out they hadn't. There was a third party in the middle that Google gets song lyrics from that had themselves scraped it. So, fair enough. Okay, that's, that's not on Google. That's like me going to Adobe Stock, buying an image, and then finding out from Getty, <laughs> like, oh, okay, this is, I'm just picking like the biggest person that would like come after me, right? So, okay, Getty comes in and goes, no, actually, that's ours. It's not my fault. Like, I'm still going to have to pay the piper, I'm sure. But it's not my fault. I had a trusted source. That trusted source had stolen stuff, right? Like, so, oh, okay. You know, I mean, it wouldn't be my fault. I treat Google in, in that sort of light on this one where, yeah, they're right. They, they had a trusted source. That trusted source happened to take something. But at the end of the day, what you were touching on right, or, or at the end there, is right. Genius doesn't own this either. <laughs> it's not even theirs. These are lyrics from other people that they're taking, they're putting some work in. So fair enough. I understand why they feel possessive of it. Mm -hmm. but. <laughs> okay. Here's the thing though. Genius is taking other people's lyrics and surrounding them with ad content. Mm -hmm. And every time you look at the lyrics, some of y'all might be clicking on that ad content mm -hmm. um, or they might be getting paid by impressions. So Google taking that is, um, well, you know, basically stealing clicks from what, but, but the thing is, the content, and then, and this is what the part that drives me crazy. Like, these are just rent seekers getting in between people and information. But, but you know, business models have been built on this. Mm -hmm. Like, including Google's in a weird way. Yeah. Just on a much, on a much grander scale. <laughs> um, and Google is trying to take people's content and prevent them from moving through to the website to complete some transaction. The, the Google would rather the transaction be completed on their site. Mm-hmm. Maddening. Yep. Anyway, you know what the solution to this is? What? They're going to tell you who they're stealing the content from from now on. Yeah, isn't that great? <laughs> Yay, tweakers! Um, okay, moving right along. Uh, text <laughs> keyword cramming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know the story you're going, uh, you're going to now. Be really careful what we say with this story in case we make the same damn mistake, eh? Yeah. Okay, well, why don't you go? You explain. This. Okay, I, I, I can take it. Um, so John Mueller had, had announced on, on Twitter, pages can rank in web search for content that's an image alt attribute. So basically, and I, I'm, I'm thinking back to the problem that comes of this, that when I had gone, hey, the keyword tag actually works. And this is after they declared it didn't because I put like some obscure phrase in there. Um, I went, okay, in the absence of anything else, this is counted, so it has weight. This is actually, I, I talked about it on the show, and then Aaron Wall, so we're going back that far, um, immediately had, like, published a thing going, you know, Dave Davies says, um, you know, spam works in large amounts, right? <laughs> it's like, this is horrible, spam, like, ah, oh, you jerk. Um, but we're sort of hitting the same thing in my mind, where basically I think what he's trying to say is, you're all attributes are a function of web search 
And so on the global part of your site, uh, and, and sort of global view of your site, your alt attributes are, are factored in. Makes sense. You think of an e-commerce site and, oh, okay, we've got, you know, 20 pictures, images in here, and all of them seem to be about this product as well. Okay, that reinforces it's an e-commerce and fairly thorough, lots of pictures, right? Like, it, it absolutely makes sense that it should. But I immediately, and I think that's what you were going to do, is looking at that going, all right, so <laughs> now we're going to have a bunch of people reading that as, oh, jam all your keywords into your image alt tag. No, folks, it describes the image. Exactly. <laughs> you know, the alt tag was there originally as an accessibility tool to, um, yeah. for, 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 for screen readers to be able to read a description of the image to, uh, to somebody who's, who's using the web, who's, who's blind using the web. Yeah. Okay, the, but an important thing about Google image search is it's part of a much larger ecosystem. And I know we only got a couple seconds here, but yeah. it came up in, uh, in Search Engine Journal today, and... Um, as it happens, you're the one who wrote it. Um, and it will actually, I think, uh, pertain to some of the stuff we're going to be talking about uh, with Olga a little bit later on in the show. Um, universal search. First of all, universal search is hardly a new concept. Why did you write about it today? Um, you know what? I'm sort of doing a, a chunk of, of articles for SEJ that I just sort of, I started accidentally and went, yeah, I'm kind of running with this. So just let's talk about basics. Like, let's talk about how this works, not, you know, all, all the, all the, you know, I like to write about the optimization techniques and this and that, but at the same time, I'm, I'm passionate. I know so are you and, and pretty much anybody, I think, from like sort of our era of SEO is like, yeah, but sometimes it comes back to core basics, right? Like, you need to understand how this machine works and what its history was to understand where it's going, right? Like, if you don't know where it was three years ago, five years ago, even 10 years ago, how do you know, how do you, how to read the signals on what they're doing now to the SERP layouts to understand what they're trying to accomplish, right? So that's really what sort of sparked it. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to, I've got a couple more in there. I think the next one I'm writing is on how search engines render, right? Like I was kind of waiting for, for the, you know, Evergreen to come out to talk about that, but that's really what, what rooted it down. And universal search was a, was a great one. Okay. Um, so, so, so given that, uh, and again, we only got we only got about two minutes before we got to take a break before going to the next segment. Um, in Universal Search, the search engine result page is constituted um, basically with results from a number of different uh, databases. Uh, in this case, which is with, within the Google ecosystem, um, uh, but Dave, how does Google choose what to put where. And, and again, I'm thinking of asking the question in relation to a lot of the stuff we're going to be talking about with Olga coming up uh, in a few minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of that will have to do with, and, and this is just based on what I've seen and what they published, and they'll do some stuff I'm not aware of, right? Like, I just always like to disclose that. This is not the final answer. This is just an answer that's educated. Um, part of that will be based on just the typical testing that you or I would, would think to do. Oh, okay, what happens if you put these blocks there, right? Like just use machine learning or even just manual tests and go, when we put this there, let's A-B test. We'll see how this goes. Um, what they have published on, and it doesn't apply directly to universal search, but I think it translates very, very nicely to it, and I'm sure they do, um, is building templates. Um, so going, okay, our starting template for queries that look like this, like actually manually going, oh, okay, for queries that involve restaurant, right, or, or food stuff, oh, okay, here's a template of how we lay things out based on, on what an engineer, like a human has done and then tested successfully and then go, okay, now deploy that to all queries that fit sort of this, this generalized user intent and then tweak from there, right? Like send the systems off and go, okay, see what happens when you move videos down or move the map up or, you know, does the map ever get clicked? Oh, okay, then we were wrong on that intent. It's not actually they're looking for restaurants. They're actually looking for recipes, right? And, and start switching around. Um, so it does seem to be a, a combination of um, engineers building templates or, or UX experts or, or UI experts or whatnot building templates and going, okay, this is our default set for queries that look like this. Um, sending them off and then using machine learning um, and probably just manual algorithmic functions um, to, to sort of make minor adjustments um, in how they use them. And then, of course, viewing the, the, the impact, right, the, the analytics after the fact and going, which ones are users clicking on if they never click on video? 
swap it out for images or, or don't swap it out, like just take it out right, or, and, okay. and make the adjustments from that. So, okay, last question. I'm going to have to ask you to please answer as fast as you can, probably in less than a minute in time here. Uh, voice search is coming. Uh, yeah. Uh, how is that going to fit into the sort of layout schema that you got in your head for for the uh, search results pages as, as we see them now? The big, the big one to me on that one is the cross compatibility, right? Like when we look at voice search Google Home, there is no layout. So there we go. That that just sort of answers that one, and we can talk to Olga about what she what she sees there. Um, but to me, a lot of it will be, okay, I might cast it to my TV from there. I might put it to my phone from there. I might put it to my desktop. I might pick up and start typing it in later if I change what my intent is. Um, but it, it'll be that reaction to devices and then the interpretation of what my intent is when I'm on these different devices. I, 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 I'm really hoping we're going to be able to get to, get to that sort of stuff when we do get to start to, to talk to Olga. Uh, for listeners, on June the 5th, uh, Olga Andriachenko, the uh, 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 marketing director at SEM Rush, uh, wrote uh, a piece in the SEM, uh, SEM Rush blog, Voice Search Study, Factors Influencing Search Rankings in 2019. We're going to be talking to her about that when we come back. Uh, we got to take a break here on Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It is the 20th of June, 2019. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedge from Digital Always Media. Stick around. We got some, we got some amazing stuff coming up after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. What if you had access to analytics from the most visited sites on the web? Think about real-time sales and signups from Amazon and Netflix, stats and engagement from Slack and HubSpot, all on one patented platform. That's Nacho Analytics. Nacho is perfect for details on your product design and development, instant for influencer info, and fantastic for real-time financial figures. Level the playing field today for your business with Nacho. What are you doing? All this nacho talk got me hungry. Level the playing field today for your business with nachoanalytics.com. Seriously? Or Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Welcome to the Webmaster Institute for Financial Advancement, WebmasterRadio.fm. It's like radio with a PhD. WebmasterRadio.fm, we're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology and webmasterradio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. You're listening to a podcast recorded on June 20th, 2019, and uh, Dave and I are joined by Olga Andrienko, the head of global marketing from SEM Rush. Earlier this month, Olga wrote a piece in uh, the SEM Rush blog, Voice Search Study, Factors Influencing Search Rankings in 2019. Uh, you got a gajillion questions to ask. So, Olga, welcome to Webcology. Hi, Jim. Hi, Dave. Hi, everyone. Um, thanks, for, thanks for joining us. Um, head of global marketing, SEM Rush, that's a... That's, that's a <laughs> That's a responsible job. <laughs> um, what does that mean? Um, you mean what do I do um, at SEM Rush? Yeah. Um, so I oversee our uh, global marketing efforts, and mainly in um, in content and uh, branding and PR. 
Um, so everything that you cannot measure is me. And we have um, global, well, we have a local approach globally, which means that we localize in a lot of languages. So I have a lot of teams that have uh, blogs in different, well, in Portuguese, in Italian, in German, and other um, social media in uh, different languages. So we are working more than seven languages now, um, including three um, Asian ones. So that's um, that's what I um, what I oversee. Um, and uh, our us being very local makes me head of global marketing. <laughs> Uh, SEM Rush uh, measures measures a lot of things, but voice search um, hasn't traditionally been one of them. And, and the impact of, of specifically the impact of, uh, of 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 voice search on search results. Um, what you, a massive oversweeping question, but what did you find? Anything anything really surprising? Um, we found um, well, there were not. Um, I would say not ground something groundbreaking, but um, actually I think what we found is hands-on and helpful and um, um, helps the SEOs align what they're already doing uh, with optimizing for voice search. So I think um, for me, the insights that we found were actually comforting. And voice search is... Uh, 40%, two in five adults now use uh, voice search uh, once a day. Um, and 20% of uh, all searches done on, on Google, so like like uh, one in five searches done on, on Android's Google app, voice search. How is that going to impact um, the type of queries and the type of responses? Mm -hmm. um, so I think actually, um, well, so we see that um, the number of devices that are bought um, every year is growing uh, quite fast. And then the adoption of actually of, um, uh, voice commands um, is increasing as well. Uh, however, we see still that voice search as for, well, actually asking questions and informational queries, it only has... Um, well, the share of 20%, as you said, one in five devices. So most of um, actually the, gro the growth of uh, the um, digital assistant comes from um, the commands, like well, uh, turn on the lights or play some music, something that um, would not be associated with voice search. Um, so I think um, it actually gives some space for the SEOs to breathe uh, because um, um, voice search become became more of a buzzword and then everyone suddenly started being stressed out about like actually how to optimize it will um, voice search kill the uh, regular search and what we also try to show is that two of them they're aligned together and not well um, and voice search will not actually in uh, well in upcoming years overcome the regular one and uh, that the efforts that um, SEOs do in optimizing for featured snippets, for uh, other sub-elements, optimizing content and speed, these these efforts that bring them results in the regular search uh, will also help them in voice search. Now, you, you bring up something that I think is often overlooked. Um, and so I'm just going to ask, like, We've got now queries that maybe we wouldn't have even asked before. Turn on the lights, right? Like, historically, we didn't count this as a Google query. It just wasn't even a Google query, right, before, before voice search. Um, and so what, what percentage do you suppose, or it doesn't even have to be a percentage, how big an impact, as, as we're watching the percentage of queries done with voice, the percentage of things done with voice, the market share being taken by voice, how much of that do you suppose are queries that just didn't even exist before because they didn't apply like how much does that impact our take and how much more comfort is is what i think you were talking about can we seos go okay you know whatever i'm just going to make up numbers here and we can talk about the real ones in a minute but let's say you know next year it turns out 50 percent of all all queries are, are coming in or all commands are coming in from voice well 48 percent of those might well have just been turn on my lights and play me some music stuff that didn't even exist before voice search so you know is it really limited do 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 seos as, as you're sort of touching on have a lot more 
comfort in going, yeah, they're not buying stuff. <laughs> they're not buying they, stuff. They, actually, um, what we were discussing is that I haven't heard and well, others um, also didn't hear about any cases where, um, well, companies actually monetize firmware search on a large scale. So uh, obviously, um, if you buy an Amazon device and then you can buy stuff from there, and, but then when it comes to actually search, then it's more of a um, uh, brand awareness. And then you don't want your competitor rank for that. You want to build that trust. Um, so um, it's more of a becoming a trusted source and investing in the future because digital, digital assistants um, and their share in the market will be growing. Um, and then uh, people trust their devices and then they trust uh, any results that actually, well, Google um, gives them so you want to be this trusted source um, and then you don't know so everything is developing so fast that you don't know where um, digital assistant will end up in five years but you definitely want to build that um, real estate now uh, where you build this um, really solid um, background on, on like you want Google to choose you now rather than really um, be quickly adjusting everything in five years or even in two years. Do you think it would be possible then, in, in search, I'm about to talk about a contentious issue that there's already debates about, so we'll take that into voice to make it even worse. Um, do you think then that having that answer, you know, you're, you, you are that answer on, on voice search, and assuming that the person that asked the question, I'm not going to ask any sample questions because I got a Google Home sitting on my desk. But um, you know, if I ask a question to my Google Home or to my phone and it gives me an answer and I don't search any further, could that possibly be um, a a signal to Google that we could go, oh, okay, this is actually a trustable site. This is a trustable source of information because when a, when we give that site as as the single answer, the user isn't isn't going any further. They're not needing to go any further. So they're viewing this as a complete answer. Do you think we could actually start to see that used as one of the metrics like you would see on, on desktop or as is discussed is, is possible on desktop where, you know, if, if your answer is viewed, if your site is viewed, taking some, some user metrics in there, assuming that that's the case, which might be a different question for you. I would, I, I would say that it's vice versa now and I expect it to be, um, like that for some time. So what Google does now is that certain, well, 70% of all the answers that um, uh, Google gives come from featured snippets, um, which means, so yeah, 60% come from featured snippets and 11% comes from um, people also ask. So what Google sees now is that they um, identify which website gives the best answer if um, users interact with it more and more on desktop and mobile then they're likely to give it in voice as well so it's um, so it's primarily they well they understand what was working for the audience uh, on their well when they saw the screen and when they clicked on it and then uh, give it in voice so I don't see um, the, the metrics where well, if they base everything on um, on the query the, and then the answer um, that they gave, and if users do not ask more, I would I don't see it as a reliable um, information. So people might just ask and then be satisfied with the answer, or they might just um, immediately switch to something else. And um, so that's really vague for me now. Um, and unless maybe. Um, that well, uh, there are more devices with um, screens and with well that would be able to get more interaction with the user. I don't see Google basing their uh, desktop and mobile results on um, on whether uh, people were satisfied with voice answers. Is there a way in the future, or, or even now, to measure um, which? sets of results users tend to be more satisfied with um, desktop or traditional mobile results or voice results or does that ma does that depend on the query mm, I would say now uh, marketing professionals are more interested in how to get to the answer because um, that's ultimately well if Google shows the uh, um, if Google reads your website that ultimately you just want uh, to understand how Google chooses the website. And then, um, it, well, I 
haven't heard of or haven't seen any studies that would actually measure the, how satisfied Google was, well, how satisfied users was and then how Google reacted to this. So, um, so far, and then what we focused on was um, trying to understand how Google favors the websites. And I think that's just uh, one step back to what you're asking. You're asking about like a really... Um, you were asking about the future, and um, I th well, um, I think that that is the question that is uh, insanely hard to answer. Okay, <laughs> is there um, for content creators? Is there um, any tips or averages you could give them to um, I don't know in, in, in increase their chances of writing a um, a stronger response? Mm. Yeah. Um, so what we discovered is the paragraphs that Google was reading, Google devices were reading were from 40 to 42 words. And then um, this was so consistent across Google Home, Google Home Mini and Android. So that is the number of words in the paragraph that we definitely recommend um, um, well, writing. And um, this is also the number of words that we um uh, found in featured snippets. So most of the paragraphs that Google shows in featured snippets, they are also from 40 to 42 words. Okay. Um, something I found, I found kind of neat in, in, in your findings. Um, a third of the answers don't use schema. Um, yes. So we discovered that um, schema doesn't really, so any, well, certain types of schema they do not have an impact because there are so many types that we haven't found any, um, well, any correlation. And I think, uh, so we wouldn't just um, say that schema is not important, but certain, certain type of schema is not important. Okay, yeah. I mean, the, the opposite way of looking at that is two-thirds of the answers did involve schema. <laughs> um, so yeah. um, another thing that I thought I found interesting... Um, We've been we have been sold on secure search on on uh, uh, secure software HTTPS and um, that didn't seem to make a difference in Google Assistant's uh, uh, selections either. Um, so the reason for this is um, so I would add one um, word. So HTTPS is not a factor already. So if we looked at the results, probably um, around uh, one year ago, then probably the results would have been different because um, majority of the websites, like 90% of the websites we see in top 10 are already on HTTPS, which means that a majority of the answers, it will, well, Google can choose anything out of top 10 and it will be um, secure. So it's not that HTTPS is not a factor. If you're not on HTTPS, then your website will not be chosen. But because almost everyone is already secure, then it's already not a factor. Okay. Um, page speed is a very important factor. Yeah. Um, your, your, your study absolutely confirms that. Yeah. So that was, that was, I think, the most, not surprising, but it's just, it was so impressive um, that the speed of the Google well, answer, well, the, the website that Google used for the answer was so much faster. It was uh, sometimes it was even like, fifteen times faster. Oh, amazing! Okay, um, is there any um, variance in say complexity of page, complexity of content, um, style with which people are, ans are 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 creating answers? We haven't found anything about a specific tone of voice, uh, but we um, we analyzed. Um, the content and the readability um, for well on different scales, and then uh, basically uh, content writers need to create content for fifteen year olds, um, and that's around the language um, that was used by Google. And what's interesting is that language used in Google Home and Google Home Mini answers was more sophisticated and had more complex words than for Android. Okay. Uh, why? Any speculation on why? Um, I think um, so. Uh, there was a lot of differences with Android and um, Google Home, Google Home Mini. I think because um, the, when you when you do the search on Android, when even you ask um, the question, then uh, Google knows that you're looking um, at the screen too. So um, 
there is a difference. So if with voice, you can only hear. And then with, um, with the phone, you read. So that's, um, that's a different interaction and different experience. And then supposedly Google assumes that when you read, you need, um, well, yeah, you see a lot of words. I don't know. But uh, somehow then Google um, always gave us the easier version. And probably because 42 words, um, if you read them, you need the easier language. Now it, it seems to me from our from our you know sort of sort of chats and what I'm hearing and, and from what I what I've been reading is we talk a lot about how to optimize for voice and there's definitely some great advice in the piece word counts is a, is a fantastic one but it sounds like a lot of the ranking factors because you basically need to be in the top ten and preferably in the top three um, I found it interesting like your 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 answer rate seemed to fall online pretty much with like click through rate expectations as you travel down the top 10 um if that's the case then really ranking on voice is almost more about formatting for a for a featured snippet but really other than that the the traditional seo factors come in because you you just need to rank well is that and then you need to make sure that your site really loads faster than anyone else's Right, and is, have you guys found that? I mean, you, you guys have access to, I don't know, more data than, well, the Google product. Have you guys found that is is completely different than you've done on desktop search? Or is it, like, I mean, speed matters, right? But is it, I mean, we've been talking about it here, so I kind of know the answer, but is it really that much more dramatic than than desktop search or, or even just mobile search, non, non-voice? Is it just such a huge impact past um, what we would expect it to see as an improvement from you know, traditional search? So um, I can give you a couple of examples on the difference. So there was a um, Google Home search, um, where does a bird live? And uh, time to first bite uh, for the answer was 207 milliseconds. And then for the non-answer, it was 3,000 milliseconds. So it was 15, well, 4.8 um, times faster. Um, so it's, just, it's, uh, it's sometimes it was an insane um, difference. And then for, um, for Android, that was difference was pro- well, 10 times. Like what is the typical size of a monitor uh, for the speed of answer was 230 milliseconds and then for average speed of non-answer was um, 2200 so it was yeah the um, the and we analyzed uh, two um, main um, metrics it was time to first bite and time to interactive and then we saw the time to first bite really matters and time to interactive not so much Like in comparison, how, how about time to interactive? Um, I cannot remember that on top of my head, and I don't have the um, the table. So you will see that in um, in uh, well, if um, you send listeners um, the link to the study, they will see it in the table um, in the, in the study. Okay, on that we uh, we got to take a quick break. Uh, Pays the bills here at Webmaster Radio. So, friends, you are listening to Web College at Webmaster Radio.fm. It is the 20th of June, 2019. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. We are joined by, by Olga Andrienko, head of global marketing at SEM Rush, and we're all back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Web College will be back after this short break. All right, guys, I want you to come up with an ad for a patented platform that lets you see any company's analytics accounts. I'm talking Amazon, Tesla, Netflix, etc. You know, see their sales and stats in real time. It's called Nacho Analytics. Tim? Nacho, regular analytics company. Charlotte? You can tap into analytics of major companies that don't want you to know how they're performing. Right. And you can also check the traffic and engagement for any influencer on any platform across all platforms. Tim? Okay. Let us help you grow your business. 
Bailey. So it helps you jump ahead in the concept and development stages so you can build your product better and ahead of schedule. Absolutely. Nacho Analytics lets you see anyone's analytics in real time. Tim? You'll be wondering, where has this company been my whole life? Tim! Sorry. Sales, subscribers, and stats all in one place, and the data is totally anonymous. Holy guacamole, that's good stuff. Ah, now you have me making puns. Let Nacho Analytics level the playing field. What will you do when you can lift the curtain on the internet? NachoAnalytics.com Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. It passes before it's noticed a slight. Rising of the eyebrows. A widening of the eyes. It may be accompanied by an almost imperceptible inhalation. The heart as a beat, like a quiet exclamation point on the experience. Within a tenth of a second, the reaction has passed, but not without leaving its mark. Someone found what they're looking for. Does your website deliver impulses to act? It can. Intended Consequences is the podcast for digital marketers who see their job as changing hearts and minds. If you're frustrated, bored, or in a rut, it's time to spread your wings with Brian Massey and his guests. Find out how successful, curious, creative, and data-driven marketers are making a difference on purpose. Visit IntendedConsequencesPodcast.com and find us where you get your podcasts. Intended Consequences. Marketing on Purpose. A more refreshing kind of talk radio. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. You have... Off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, we are back on Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. We are rounding the hour and powering ourselves towards summer, and we are joined by uh, Olga Andrienko, head of global marketing at SEM Rush. Um, Dave, you were going to jump in with a question just before we had to go to break, um, and we only got about 10 minutes left, so, so get it in there. All right. I mean, this is just going to be a, a question about what do you think, not, not, not necessarily a fixed answer. We've been talking about something that almost seems counterintuitive to me, and that speed is incredibly important for, for voice search. Now, we're, of course, dealing with an answer that Google basically has cash, right? Like where, and, I, and I'm not going to be clicking through to the site. So it almost seems to me instinctively that speed would be less important for a voice response than it would for something that I might send a user clicking through to and them actually having to experience. Do you have any instinct as to why speed seems to be such a factor on voice when it would almost be more valuable on traditional search? Um, well, how I explained it, but now um, with the... Your, uh, with your argument because well, of it being cached, then um, my, um, my suggestion is actually ruined, I guess, but I still am mm-hmm. going to jump with it. Um, so what, what I thought is that because uh, users want everything in an instant and then Google basically also wants the answer as quick as possible and it would give it to users in... Um, um, in 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 seconds or in milliseconds, then to me it was logical. Then uh, the well, the fastest website wins. Uh, but yeah, obviously everything that Google has, um, um, they know it before they give the the answer. So um, my guess would be that Google actually themselves change everything so fast, and if they take the answers from featured snippets then maybe the algorithm somehow just maybe defines it. Um, so if we, we see featured snippets coming and going as well as people also ask, so everything changes in real time. 
So maybe still Google needs, um, well, the fastest loading answer, uh, well, which is in the feature snippet. But um, here I actually, um, I won't pretend I will know the answer. Uh, my, uh, my take was completely ruined by you, Dave. Oh, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, I think actually your take, come to think of it, as you're explaining it, actually makes sense. If I start asking supplementals, now they need to access again. And you're right, it, it changes constantly. Um, so whether they have a cache of the first thing, um, they're getting significantly better with the, you know, sort of neural matching and the, okay, but what did it mean, right? Like a, a follow-up question that's built on the first and, and you're going to need to be able to access that information to your mm, point, fast, incredibly quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, what is, I mean, I'm going to move us on a, on a slightly different track because I want to make sure we get to it. And I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a user of, of Rush. I've got it sitting up in front of me with a reminder for, for a client that I need to set up some, some new reports on. Uh, can you tell us any, anything about, about what's coming up? I, I'm still stoked, yeah, by the way, for, for people who don't know. Um, keyword magic is, is freaking awesome. I know a lot of people don't use it very much. That's really, really neat, by the way. So hat tip to all the folks at SEM Rush for building that. I know it's still being worked on, but, but that's a great one. But anyway, what's, what's coming up from, from SEM Rush? Ah, you want to know? So I thought that was coming up in a voice search. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'll move us back. Oh, you know what? Let's go there first because we got about 10 minutes. And I just want to make sure that I, I, I talk a little bit about about SEM Rush, but you know what? We do have time for both questions. So if you know what's coming up in voice search and can give our listeners a heads up on what to pay attention to right now to build for the future, let's let's go yeah, there right that, now. That's um, that just will be um, one remark. And uh, what we see that now is um, well, uh, now Google has Google Hub, uh, which has a screen. And what we also discovered is. Um, we haven't analyzed Google Hub, but we analyzed different SERP features and their impact. And then um, the only SERP feature that had some impact apart from featured snippet and people also ask was video carousel. And uh, when we looked into it, um, actually what Google did is they took um, the snippet like for, from the video, but they didn't take the first second, but they t- just um, re- read the small extract, which means that um, now with devices having screens, video is becoming increasingly important and uh, Google reads the text from YouTube um, and understands um, and well, it just extracts the best part and reads it out loud and then if you optimize for video and invest in YouTube SEO, um, that will give you um, really a good head start in there. Interesting. Okay, now I'm going to ask the question. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and what's coming up from, from SEO? And we can be talking content or we can be talking tools. Um, but what do you guys have, have going on right now? Um, so we are um, going to build Amazon tools. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, we started with a tool that uh, was released a couple of um, weeks ago. It's called um, Celerly. And it's um, it's a free tool for A-B testing your snippets. Um, so if you're, um, if you're, sell products and you want to ensure that you has, have the best chance of the copy and the image, uh, we um, give you the chance to optimize um, the snippet in, in product placement in um, Amazon. And what we initially, well, what, what we uh, would want to build further uh, would be probably the same optimization um, tool that we have for Google, uh, which means that you n- have your product um, and you search uh, for the keywords in the tool. And um, we give you the um, information on who is already um, placing the products and then how um, the headlines look like, uh, what product uh, snippet is. So that is what uh, we're going um, into. That's a completely different field, but we eventually want to um, solve um, the well, the problems and challenges of everyone who places products and sells them on Amazon. 
Olga, we, 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 we've got to invite you back because I'm going to throw a curveball. <laughs> I'm question, but you opened the door and I need to ask now. Um, Amazon is on the scene and Amazon is a product engine as much as it is a marketplace. And people are doing research in Amazon and doing discovery and looking for stuff there. And Amazon has its own voice applications, or I'm sorry, its own voice app. And like, yes. is this going to change the search game in, in, in the future it, a, a, as you see it? Yeah, it's already changing it. So um, the amount of um, people using Alexa um, is actually even larger than um, amount of people using Google devices. And then they're more, um, well, the interest is growing. So yeah, Amazon is changing the game. Well, and we just spent the last like 45 minutes talking about a Google-centric universe. It's, it's frustrating because <laughs> the, the world is changing so quickly and there's so much to cover in so little time. And uh, we're in the last, like, uh, two minutes of the show. Um, how substantially is, uh, is traffic patterns and, and, I guess, you know, just composition of, um, I don't know, websites themselves changing because, because of uh, voice search? Um, I think um, voice search is not yet changing the websites in a large scale. So um, the fact that um, search and social are the two places where people hang around, um, then uh, search in well in general is changing the websites and their attitude to online and their attitude to the budgets and the, well their focus on where they spend them. Um, so I, I think um, it's too early to tell how voice search is well small medium businesses they don't have still um, time or budgets to invest in this. So they want, um, they're still, um, they're still figuring Google out and desktop even. So <laughs> I think it's um, um, enterprise and like bigger companies, they, they do recognize um, this and also their authority really keeps them in top three. So that's, um, well, it's easier for them to appear um, in, in voice um, search answers. I'm afraid. So, yeah, I, oh, sorry. I think, to... I think it's still too early to tell. Well, I think this is afraid it's going to be one of our last questions, but a competitive environment in the, in the future for, for some of the smaller, uh, medium to small, to small businesses. Um, you reckon they're going to stand a chance? Yeah, that's well. Um, thankfully, Google still has different algorithms for and elements for local search. So uh, a lot of small businesses, they're local and the SERPs really look different and um, smaller companies, they have different way of, of optimizing websites and different elements um, they choose to optimize for. So I'm hopeful. Okay, well, we we have gone full clock, uh, straight, up, straight <laughs> around. And the next time we talk to people, it's going to be in the summertime. Olga Andrienko, thank you so much for spending time with us. Um, Head of Global Marketing at SEM Rush, thanks for spending part of your afternoon on Webcology today. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Friends, you have been listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm, recorded on June the 20th, 2019. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beatstock Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedge from Geekle Always Media. Stay safe, stay smart. I hope you had a great springtime. We're going to talk to you. In, we're going to talk to you in the summer. Stick around, webmasterradio.fm. Great content coming up on the network. Talk to you next week. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of webmasterradio.fm.